You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our latest look at the Detroit Tigers. I'm joined by Jack Zarensic and Jason Beck. And Beck, uh, boy, the Tigers could be an active team here at these winter meetings, not in the realm that we're expected to see them being active. Uh, usually it's, it's the additions. This year it might be the subtractions. What is their outlook as far as, you know, we know they have a lot of veteran players who could be of interest to other clubs. How aggressive is the mentality to, to maybe move some pieces here? Well, I mean, it depends on, I think, the time frame, and it depends on what you hear. You know, they've got to be able to move some salary. I think they need some fi financial flexibility. That's the end goal of this, in addition to getting this team a little bit younger for the long haul. You know, they want to be able to get under the luxury tax threshold. That's got to happen. I don't think they want to be in a position to be a repeat offender in terms of paying that accelerated rate on the luxury tax. So from that standpoint, they've got to move some pieces. That's the only way they can do it. Um, they say they don't want to do bad deals. They want to be able to get some parts back that can help them long term. So I think what we're going to see over the course of these winter meetings are, is, is this a serious approach or is this posturing to try to get a little bit more back from teams that are so far willing to call their bluff? And some of the names you've been hearing are big names. You know, when you hear that Miguel Cabrera has basically lifted his no trade, J.D. Martinez is a possible name that's floated out there. You're talking about guys that have been real producers for a ball club that is kind of in a winnable division if things fall their way. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's fun to look at what the Tigers are doing from the standpoint of the rest of the division because you see the Royals – you know, possibly pairing back. You see the White Sox in a spot where they could have a number of players on the trading block. So if you look at what the rest of the division is doing, Twins rebuilding too, it's not a division that's out of reach for them. If a few things go their way, they could compete with the Indians with the team they have. But I think what we're looking at is – do they feel like they have a realistic chance of competing? And if they can't catch the Indians, can they compete for a wild card? And is that chase worth being in that $200 million pay hole, pay, pay, uh, payroll threshold again to be willing to do that? Right now, the indications are they don't want to do that, that the penalty is not worth the reward. You mentioned that the Tigers want to get under luxury tax threshold, as, as a lot of teams do, and we just – you know, we have a new collective bargaining agreement now. We know what those thresholds are going to be moving forward. And um, pretty modest raises to the threshold as you forecast the next five years. And I just wonder if that undercuts the Tigers' efforts in any way when you are talking about a Miguel Cabrera, Justin Verlander. These are monster contracts. And, you know, the, the, the number of teams who can reasonably take that on without getting into the luxury tax uh, realm is, is few and far between. So I, I just wonder how that affects their trade market. Well, I mean, the good news from the luxury tax standpoint is that they have, you know, lesser distance to go to get under it, right. certainly for this coming season, and it's even more forgiving long term. But, yeah, uh, the penalties that come up for teams that are repeatedly over it and the penalties for teams that are grossly over it kind of makes it a little bit more difficult to move guys. Plus, there's the fact that from a draft pick compensation standpoint, you're looking at less of a compensation pick for teams that are over the luxury tax. So, you know, if they keep everybody, and this is what we, you know, the argument has been, well, why don't you keep everybody 
and then payroll naturally goes down as you lose guys in free agency. Yes, but now under the terms of the new CBA, instead of looking at a first or a second round pick, you're looking at a pick, you know, if you're over the luxury tax, at the end of the fourth, being in the fifth round, which makes a huge difference in the type of prospects you can get in return and in, you know, potentially how quickly such a prospect can help you down the road. You know, what's interesting about that is, as I look at this, I think of a club that says we're going to go for it, but at the trading deadline, you've got to make a decision on trading your players that are potential free agents um, simply because the return is no longer a first-round pick. So you could be saying to yourself, someone's in double-A or someone's in triple-A, someone's in A-ball. I got a little better indication of what I'm going to be getting in a third round waiting for a draft pick to come your way. Right, and this is a group that's, you know, they've been able to get some value out of these these picks, but there's a little bit more certainty when you're getting when you're looking at other teams' prospects. You've had a better opportunity to scout another team's farm system. The Tigers do a very good job of looking at other organizations. One of the things that they did when they transitioned from Dave Dombrowski to, to Al Avila's GM was they beefed up their scouting, not just at the major league end, but also being able to have these guys scout entire organizations, get an idea of what they're looking at in the farm system. So instead of scouting leading up to a trade deadline, these scouts can look at an organization throughout the course of a season and get a really good snapshot of what they have. And it's a little bit more reliable than, say, scouting for the draft, looking at you know what is available in the Southeastern Conference, in some of the mid-major teams, in high schools over the course of a spring. Yeah, Joe Smith in Texarkana, Arkansas, you know, who's 17 years of age as compared to a guy that's sitting in double-A that has a track record. Exactly. Uh, Beck, when, when the Tigers moved some pieces uh, mid-season in, in 2015, they really targeted young starting pitching, ended up getting back the rookie of the year uh, and Michael Fulmer uh, and, and Daniel Norris, of course. Uh, I'm just wondering, do you have a sense of beyond the obvious, which is salary relief, you know, what, what would they be targeting in, in, in deals involving these guys? They'd like more pitching um, because you know now that group of prospects that they got, those guys are in the major leagues right now, and they're a core part of the rotation. You know, you've got – Fulmer, Norris, Matt Boyd, you know, they were in the rotation for most of the second half. They're guys you're counting on going into next season, even when you've got Anibal Sanchez, Mike Pelfrey under contract. You need your young guys right now. Those are, that's the core of the rotation, depending, especially depending on what happens with Verlander. If you get a sweetheart deal for him and he moves, then those, those young guys are most likely your top three starters unless you get somebody big in return. So, but they don't have the depth behind them to fortify that. You know, the guys who were insurance starters going into last season, those are your core guys. Now you need a new group for insurance starters, and they don't have that depth at AA, even at high class A ball, to kind of fill in right now. They'd like to have that group that's close to major league ready to kind of fill that gap. You know, looking at the Detroit Tigers over recent years, they've been so aggressive either in payroll or acquiring players because they've wanted to win, it appears, for Mr. Illich. And now it, it looks like a little bit of a different scenario here. It's, 
I mean, that, that's the question that's most frequently come up is that, is this a sign that ownership is changing or that you know, there's a big transition up top and trickling on down? I don't think you embark on something like this without at least some direction from ownership. Does this mean that Mike Ilch is giving up the fight? I, I think that's a big topic of speculation. There, there's no firm signs on that yet, but I think there's at least some signs that this organization's looking at the long term. And I think you can see the increasing influence of a guy like Chris Illich, Mike Illich's son, who's done a lot more day-to-day -day stuff, not just with the Tigers, but also with, with a lot of aspects of, of the Illich ownership. You, you see his imprint on what's going on with the Red Wings, with the new arena that's going up uh, between Midtown and downtown, with, with the partnership that they've got going on with the Pistons moving downtown. You know, this is no longer just a Mike Illich operation. I think this is the Illich family operation more and more. You see that all over the, uh, all over what they're doing business-wise. All right, that's the latest from Jason Beck. I want to thank him for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Detroit Tigers edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free AtBat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.